Welcome into another episode of We're Talking. We're talking basketball, raging Cajun basketball with longtime Cajun fan Mike Gaber. How are you this afternoon, Mike? I'm doing very well. As long as the Cajuns keep winning and the family's okay, which they are, I'm happy. I understand that completely. Uh, healthy, wealthy, and wise, then, huh? Yep. So uh, let's, uh, you know, before we get started on the past games, let's talk a little bit here. Uh, for those that don't know, Thursday, we play Southern Miss at Southern Miss, and the UL Alumni Association has a bus help heading out there. So, uh, Mike, I don't know, is there a, uh, I believe you can go to the UL Alumni uh, Association. The uh, website is LouisianaAlumni.org. Okay. Yeah, and, and I may be correct, but it's the Alumni Association website. Unfortunately, I don't have my phone on me. If you look at um, Man Bad Town's Twitter or Raging Review's Twitter, you know, they do a podcast for Cajun Sports, too. Uh, they have the details. I know the bus leaves at 3. It's $100. Uh, covers the trip, food on the bus, your ticket to the game, and the trip back. Game starts at 7.30. When I first saw 3 o'clock departure time, I said that might be close to normal 7. But it's right at three and a half, four hour trip. So that should give them a little um, cushion. Yeah. Uh, I think there's 40 seats allotted on the bus. I believe they just came live late this afternoon. Uh, I mean, late this morning, early this afternoon. But nice to see the Alumni Association do that on short notice. You know, they just started working on this yesterday. And um, Thursday, not a lot of time. That's probably why they can only seat 40 as well. That brings me to another subject on uh, scheduling. Our Cajuns, the Cajuns' two closest opponents in the Sunbelt Conference are ULM and Southern Miss. All four of those games are on Thursdays in the schedule this year. I would hope in the future, for the sake of fans of all three schools, that they'd consider putting some of those on Saturdays. Because I probably would have gone on Saturday. I've got a conflict tonight. I can't make the bus tomorrow, Thursday night. I can't make the bus trip. So that, that's a little pet peeve of mine. You know, Absolutely. I would have probably gone to ULM if it wouldn't be on Thursday, but the following Saturday. But, um, uh, you know, maybe that'll be different in the future. But anyway, uh, that game's at seven thirty, right? Yes, you are correct, and absolutely, I agree with you. Danny uh, Reed and I talked about it on the Sunbelt Conference Basketball Podcast that the games that are closer to them, like uh, they played uh, Georgia State on a Thursday night as well, and I, I just think. The priorities are mixed up here for the Sunbelt Conference, so hopefully they take care of about it in the future. Or there's people who are just not aware that that's an issue. Uh, maybe uh, somebody could ask Coach Moreland about that at Rebounders Meeting or something. Uh, yeah. What time is Saturday's game, by the way? So we're talking about uh, games. Saturday, Saturday's game is at 4 o'clock Central. It's James Madison. No, it's Troy. Oh, Troy. That's right. God, dog it. And that's the next weekend because we talked about that off air. But it is 4 o'clock in Troy, Alabama. So yeah, so that's not gonna be too bad a trip. No compared to some of the others we've had. But okay, just wanted to get the uh bus information out there early for people who won't don't listen to the whole time we're on. We can move on to the games we played this past week. Absolutely. Let's, let's start out the uh the game that I thought was actually the biggest trap game that I've seen out of uh any I, Practically any Cajuns uh, team, not just basketball. The Cajuns come into the game with a uh, eight-game winning streak, and uh, it, it's it, it's you know you had a team that you beat in San Marcos, but they didn't have their best player, and we weren't sure if their best player was going to play. So, 
Um, let's just dive right into it, Mike. What's your thoughts on the first half? Well, the first half, in the first seven, eight minutes, I wondered if the trap scenario was coming to pass because Cajuns weren't hitting free throws. They were giving up a lot of rebounds to the Bobcats, and it had an early lead. Uh, Harrell was playing. You know, he, he showed a little rust, but it made you wonder as the game went along if he was going to be able to play to his normal standards and allow the Bobcats to keep the lead. But that didn't happen, of course. Uh, I, I think the Cajuns tied it uh, at eight all or took the lead at 10-8, but six, seven minutes into the game. It shows how spoiled we are. They're tied or down two with six, seven minutes in the game, and you're starting to wonder what's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, then we hit a couple of threes. You know, Garnett and Williams hit a, hit, hit it from the outside. There's good balance. Multiple, multiple guys are scoring from all areas of the court. Greg especially is off to a hot start. I don't know if you noticed this too, but the uh, coach made a point for all 10 regulars to get a, at least two to three minutes in the first half with at least seven or eight minutes to go. Did you notice that? Yes. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Elaborate. No, I was just going to, uh, it, it was, uh, it was a different ball game all the way around and you're, and you're right. It, it, it was one of those things that Cajun derangement syndrome started coming in for a lot of people, even myself a little bit, just, you know, wondering what was going to happen. So, yeah. yeah. But they started to play better. Um, and they had a 12 point lead. Uh, Jordan sat towards the end of the half. I think he sat out from five minutes to go to two minutes to go. And a guy named Caesar, who I think is maybe one of Texas State's best players, six seven, he plays like he's six nine. Started scoring inside, and our other guys couldn't match up with him. I think he had six of his twelve points right at that last two minutes. And, and you know we had a twelve point lead, and it's only 38, 34 at half. Um, what did you think about the prognosis for the second half at that point? Were you still confident or worried? No, I think at that point, once the Cajuns took the lead a little bit and showed that they could pull away from them a little bit, I, I really thought that uh, you could see Mason Harrell was was struggling a little bit. He had tape on his shoulder. Well, I watched him specifically when he was on the bench. He was continually trying to stretch that arm out. And then he came out in the second half without any of the tape or the long sleeve shirt on. So I, it wasn't a big word for me at that point because I really felt depth-wise, we were stronger than Texas State at that point. Yeah, and maybe the stats don't always show it or what those five guys coming off the bench do it, but they're taking valuable minutes. You know, even if they're just playing good defense, it doesn't show up on the stats that, you know, saving the, the regulars for the second half. So we start the second half. You know, Jordan's aggressive. He's going to the basket. He gets a seven-point lead. And the lead never gets below three. I, I think it goes to 44-41, three or four minutes into the half. And but the Cajuns get it out to eight nine point lead. You know the key guys making baskets. I notice Arrow starts playing better. He makes some baskets. You know, a couple of times he passes the ball off. He gets a steal or two. And so we can't separate. You know, term is separate means what does that mean to a lot of people who's in basketball? It means you've got a small lead and you try to get out there comfortably. You don't worry anymore. And we really couldn't do that till late in the game. But there were two key plays that I think prevented the Bobcats from making a true challenge. As usual, Greg makes a duck, fires up the crowd, and, you know, there was a little bit of separation. And then Kobe didn't play a lot, but, you know, he had one – he caught the ball in the corner, and he made a great – what I sometimes call a dangerous pass 
all the way across the defense to the other corner. It's just like almost a quarterback threading a needle where there's not a lot of separation. When Garnett caught it in stride, perfect shooting position in the pocket and knocked it down for a three. And then we were up by 12. So um, at that point, I felt comfortable. I'm sure you did too. Well, that play right there specifically, I mean, I think anybody, anybody who sees that pass, just like we were in our group, was going like, oh, don't. And it's like great pass, <laughs> you know. It's like a bad shot. That ends up being a good shot in the coast there. But yep. Yeah, so it's very dangerous, but he, he can also look away. You can see where the defensive eyes are situated, and I'm sure uh, he knew that, but it's an instinctive play. But, but, but I was just going to say, Mike, I just think in the, in the situation with, with Kobe making that pass, Kobe is a lot taller than uh, Jalen Dalcord and some of the, guy, the guards we have. So he's able to see better across the court. So it's a little bit easier for him in that sense. No doubt. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see the other guys do it, you know. Kobe plays the four spot at times, usually playing three, backing up Greg, or even a two. So he's becoming a valuable reserve for us, and even on the staff that always show us. One thing I noticed, though, uh, as the cages continue to separate, the Bobcats out-rebounded us in the game. But that actually backfired for them in some ways. They send three, four guys to the basket. And that doesn't leave a lot of guys back on defense. Sometimes it's just Harold, you know, he's a small guy. And Cajuns were able to run and score when the Bobcats didn't get offensive rebounds. So uh, baskets inside the paint, I don't know what it was, but it was a large fav- large margin in favor of the Cajuns. So if you ever watch basketball and you see why our team's game was to run, sometimes because the other opponent is trying to send many guys to the glass. They're sending three or four, and if they don't get it, the ball doesn't bounce their way. It's a risky move at times. You know, are the Cajuns just hot hustling for a rebound? Then we were able to score. Greg, especially, has been really good this year at, at um, making the right play in a two-on-one or three-on-one situations. So, and we're also making free throws. Then I know our free throw numbers for the for the game weren't great, but some of that was just Jordan. Jordan was two for eight. The rest of the guys did okay. Um, so, because of the rebounds, Gates are able to separate a little bit, and just like the uh, game in San Marcos, even more so in this game. Texas State just can't play fast. You know, you know they're uncomfortable playing fast. Um, let me make a general comment on that. I don't want to disparage them when I say they're playing slow. That does not mean they're not hustling. When you see things play slow, they're dribbling the ball quickly. They're passing it quickly. They're constant in motion. Their guys are actually exerting great effort to run that offense. They're just actually trying to get a great shot. They're just very patient. They want to lay up, and you want to force them into a tough two. With 10 seconds to go on the shot clock, that's when they start scoring. And then they'll try to make a tough two at times if you stop the basket. So, yeah, again, let's not think we're disparaging a team to play slow. That's not what we mean by that. No, you, it's, it's, it, you're exactly right. Uh, they're going to try to work the shot clock down. They're very uh, methodical in their passing and what they want to do. And they are looking for that backdoor cut uh, a lot of times, which hurt the Cajuns at times. Yes, but – Overall, you know, it was a 19-point win. Um, when we did separate, I did notice one thing, which may have played into Saturday's game. Uh, team's folks got into foul trouble with four or five minutes to go. He got his fourth, and they put Mike Thomas in. And I thought, okay, that, the game at that point was 10 or 12. And I said, okay, so team will come back in with two minutes to go or whatever. And Mike did a good job running the show for the rest of the game where team has got the rest, and maybe that helped us on Saturday night. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think Michael Thomas has been playing better. 
I think the the time off uh, was a little rusty for him coming back, not just for him, but getting the other players involved in the game. Hold uh, up. Yeah. Yeah. That was key because, like I said earlier, you know, we played all 10 guys in the first half. I wonder if Coach was thinking ahead for the weekend. You know, knowing come Saturday, we may not play as many people. So he rested some people on Thursday uh, for, in preparation for Saturday, perhaps. I think you saw that in your and you're seeing that uh, when he subs in, uh, you know, it's usually with about a minute to go before the next media timeout, he's taking Jordan out. So he gets that minute to two to three to four minutes, depending on how long that played or when the next uh, media timeout is. And then he's got that time on the bench and he's able to bring him back in and give Jordan a five to 10 minute little, little rest there. And I think it's helped. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. If you're watching the game, watch when uh, Jordan goes out. He does that with Greg Williams at times too. Exactly. Come in, and and then Jalen, of course, uh, plays for um, Kentrell Garnett. You 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 bring up Julian uh, Kobe Julian, which I, I you know his box score numbers aren't great, but let me tell you, this is what I think he needs to have him gradually move up uh, and play in a little bit more time. He was two for two from the free free throw line. He got two rebounds. He had two assists, one block, and one steal. You know, if you're only looking at the two points, you're going, Kobe had an off game. I think that's huge, especially on the defensive side of the ball for Kobe. Yes, no doubt. And he gave Greg a rest. Yes. Uh, Kobe, if you look at his 14 minutes and some of the other guys have more, he'll play the four spot at times. Uh, he only missed one shot, so he wasn't forcing shots as he did in the past. So I think Kobe was a contributor in that game. Some other box scores observations, you know, you just mentioned Kobe's numbers. Our shooting numbers across the board were strong. You might say the free throw numbers were down, but you think that a lot of that was Jordan. He was two for eight. But we made him down the stretch, Greg and uh, Timus and Michael, everybody made him down the stretch. We also had 17 assists on 28 makes. You know, that's a really good percentage. That whenever you see something like that, means you're sharing the ball well. Usually also means you're getting some shots near the basket to some fast breaks as we did because of, as I said earlier, Texas State likes to pound the glass. Uh, Demas was almost a double, had almost a double-double. Only had one assist away. He <clears throat> had another outstanding game. You talked about Kobe off the bench. Another great game for Joe off the bench. Perfect, for field, for, perfect from the field. He had six rebounds, two assists, one steal. And you can't measure his defensive contributions. He said sometimes he doesn't get credit for the steal, but just his presence causes the defense to struggle. I mean, it causes the defense to do well and the offensive team to struggle. I'm sure you thought Joe played well as also. I, I was going to bring him up as well. I almost feel like we're 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 a broken clock right now, or or a broken recording where we're going over and over. But the young man continues to play well. Didn't miss a shot. Six rebounds. You know, two assists, uh, a steal. And like you said, I think the the uh, just his long arms are able to get to to disrupt the passing lanes and come in from behind. I think we saw that on Saturday night when he got a block. But you know, he's just he's he he he's just a a, a really key and integral part of this team. And uh, it's fun to watch him play. And I think the crowd is starting to realize that now as well. Yeah, they call him Karen Crow Drow, Joe. His, his dad's always pushing the games on, on Twitter. So, yeah, a close family unit there. 
from Texas State perspective, similar to the game in San Marcos. They only took seven threes and they made only one. You know, when you get behind and you struggle that much from the three-point line, granted, that's not to say they're not good shooters. They just prefer shooting mid-range when you make them. And like I said, the guy Caesar had a good game with 12.6 rebounds, but he's the only one I really noticed uh, played well. Harold had a terrible first half, but he scored a few baskets in the second half, but still he was only three for 12. So credit to uh, Mike and uh, Timus for playing good defense on him. And he's a pretty quick guy. Yeah, Harold Her- was, uh, most of his points came towards the end of the game and the Cajuns had a, a big <clears throat> lead. And, you know, he was four for four on the free, free throw line. So he really just made those three baskets. And I think, like I said, two of those were inside 10 minutes left in the game. So not a, not a real factor. Although I will say the young man was still hurt and uh, gave a valiant effort. I enjoyed watching him play. Yeah. Now, in conclusion, you know, a lot of people want us to talk about Saturday night and what how great that turned out to be. But Saturday night would not have been special with a loss on Thursday. We talked yeah. about uh, how uh, much of a trap game it was. Good to see the Cajuns took care of business and didn't let it become a trap game. Yeah. So it was important. That, you know, I don't know how many people would not have gone Saturday. The chicken was probably going to bring some out there. But it sure would have been a little different vibe without uh, the winning streak continuing. So that was Saturday was a really important – Thursday was a really important game. I know people talk about the games coming this weekend are really important. You know, how are we doing big games? But you don't get to play in a big, big game unless you win a lot of big games before you get to it. Mike, one thing I want to bring up before we move on to the next game is, and I asked you this question, I think it was last week or the week before, what's a good turnover to assist ratio? 17 assists and only eight turnovers. And and, and only two turnovers, one by each of our point guards. So – Fabulous way for the Cajuns to con- uh, not only control the game, but to uh, uh, to control the – I forgot which word I'm looking for here. But- tempo. Yes. Pace. <laughs> yeah, tempo or pace. Yes. Two to one is a, a great number. Yes. Like one and a half to one, you're probably okay with it. One to one's not good. Yeah. And if you get below one to one, then you're not going to win. No. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in the next in the next game. Yeah. But uh, also, when you play Texas State, the turnovers are magnified because the possessions last longer. You, you know, because they're playing uh, deliberately. I won't say it's slow, maybe I want to use that word. Yes. So you, at the end of the game, you look at that. We only had eight turnovers. You know, we thought we maybe had fifteen. It's just because the possessions last longer, and they had more turnovers than us. And you, you said we had seventeen assists, and that's again because we're getting shots close to the baskets. Good deal. Mike, let's go ahead and move on to Saturday night. Uh, Before we start with the game, I just want to give a shout out to Coach Marlin and the coaching staff that had those red dot T-shirts printed up and ready for the game. Uh, They're they're continually uh, out promoting the team on, on campus to get the students there. So shout out to the students for coming out. Uh, I know everybody had fun with the fabulous Cajun ki- chicken. And the other thing that I love, and I think I might have said this last week, is that we're seeing more of the band play than that than a DJ. And I think the more that happens, the more the crowd gets into it. So yeah. we have three home games remaining. Hopefully the band will be there for every one of them. Uh, um, Jay Walker mentioned this on a radio interview with uh, Scott Prather this morning and on social media. We have a new director of promotions. 
the young man's first name is Sam. I don't remember his last name, but kudos to him for some of the things he's coming up with to uh, to promote the team. You remember the guy's last name? I, 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 I do not. So, yeah, but I think uh, it, it, during football season, we know we had some people with some concerns. There wasn't enough going on to get people to the game, but part of that was uh, personnel. We just didn't have everybody we need to. We had some openings on the in the athletic department staff, and they fill some of those, and I'm sure you'll see that continue in the rest of basketball season, maybe in the baseball and softball as well. I'm sure I'm butchering his name, but Sam Demuzio. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure I butchered his name. So Sam, if you're listening, I apologize. Uh, but no, done a real good job. I love the tractor races uh, at halftime, doing lots of things that are different. So good job. Yeah. Well, we keep saying, if you come to the game, you're going to have fun. The team's going to do their part. They're going to play hard. They're going to play together and they'll be well-prepared. And that's going to be the case on the road home but you know in today's world sometimes if that's not enough you've got to do other things to get people entertained especially if people have families yeah yeah but it starts with the team though and uh they sure did a great job but they started the game on saturday night i i think saturday night was one of the most um most enjoyable games that we've seen and i mean all the games have been enjoyable for 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 me and you when we win but for the crowd to be in it the way we were we were there, it just was uh, – we've seen it too many times in the past 40 years even where a team comes out flat with great expectations. The Cajuns did not do that this weekend. No doubt. They had a great start. You know, um, Marshall has a seven-footer. He may not block a lot of shots, but he can sure cause a lot of misses, you know, uh, under the basket. And we went right at him. Jordan and scored four of the first six points and T. Lou scored the other two. I think the goal, and it turned out to be correct, was to get that guy in foul trouble. And he's had to spend some time on the bench and he did foul out eventually. I can't say his last name because it's uh, Hannigotten or something like that. Pretty athletic seven-footer. Yeah, I only got to play 28 minutes, though, because of foul trouble. Right, right. So the game plan, I think, was to go at him. And that's the way you, you get shot blockers in trouble sometimes. You don't let them intimidate. You go right at him. And Jordan did, you know, with some, some head fakes and things of that nature. So good game plan by the coaching staff there. Uh, it was senior night. Uh, you mentioned all the other things going on. Um, so 10 minutes for the game, our four seniors all get recognized. A lot of them have their parents there. It's a special moment. They get their pictures, you know, with some of their highlights. Uh so that caused Jalen Dalcourt to start ahead of Kentrell Gantel, Kentrell uh, uh, Cornett rather. And he did a great job guarding Taylor, who's one of their best three-point shooters. And Garnett continued that. So sometimes when you start a senior who's not in the starting lineup, it can hurt you. Uh, I remember back in 18, I think we started a walk-on and, and instead of one of the regulars, I think that ended up costing the game in overtime. And so, but that didn't happen. Jalen did a good job. And, uh, you know, the Cajuns weren't really shooting that well. But it, I don't know if you noticed this, but this was the case where the defense actually led the uh, the way where we got out to a 12-point lead halfway through the half. You know, we, if we didn't get steals, we had a lot of deflections. You know, make a pass, uh, get your hands on it, and makes it more difficult for the offensive player to kind of corral it. So we talked about the crowd. Well, the crowd affected the game. You know, sometimes I've said in the past, when your shots are falling, that gives you defensive energy. 
Well, the shots outside weren't that falling out well. I think we only had one three in the first half, maybe two. I know Greg made one, and it was a big basket. And um, but the crowd, kudos to them for giving them a good night. You know, like I said, I'm not necessarily one that gets up and jumps up and down all the time because I'm spending too much time observing the analytical approach to the game. But we need people that go out there and make a lot of noise and yell. And uh, you could just feel it. So we got out to a 14-point lead because we were dominating the glass. And you could see how many times we got – we're still scoring even though we may not missing the first shot because we're getting the second and third shot and putting it in. I'm sure you thought that the offensive rebounding was a key to the game as well. Oh, exactly. I was just going to say we out-rebounded them by 22 points. And especially on the offensive side, eight more rebounds than they did. I think the key there, you know, because you talked about the the poor shooting, which 33% from the uh, the three-point line is not necessarily bad, but it's not what we're used to. And definitely the, the 58% from the free throw line is not where you want to be. But by able to make 58% of your shots in, in getting some of those quick baskets off of a rebound, I think we really – uh, the team excel and fed off of the, I think they feed off of each other right now, especially when you get an offensive rebound and put it in the crowd loves that too. So again, they get louder. So when they come in and they're down on the defensive side, it makes for a really good uh, defense possession uh, defensively for the Cajuns. Yep. Well, so we're, we're doing well, but I noticed something that I wish coach would have done a little different with about two minutes to go. I could see Jordan huffing and puffing. I would have preferred uh, not necessarily pull Jordan out, but you you have timeouts you can use because you use it or lose it. We had one in the first half. I don't think we took one out of there. And then with about two to three minutes to go, I think that would have helped maybe get people a little breather, um, you know. And so the, the only defense I'll, I'll, I'll give Coach Marlin there is, you know, Jordan was – 10 for 19 from the field and had 20 rebounds. So it's kind of hard to pull a guy like that sometimes, especially when he's, when he's clicking, you know, but I I, get what you're saying. Yeah. I wasn't, again, I wasn't necessarily say pull him at that time. I said, it's just call timeout. Yeah. Take a full timeout for rest because we hadn't taken any in the first half. You could have taken one there and uh, it wouldn't hurt you for the second half timeouts. I don't know if that was a factor, but he was really huffing and puffing, which is in, indicative of the great effort he was putting out. So uh, we had the ball with about 20 seconds to go. Late in the shot clock, Greg puts up a great mid-range, just doesn't fall for him. And give Taylor credit. Uh, he had a tough night, but he hit a big three, and it's an eight-point lead at the half. And, you know, Marshall's still in it. You know, basketball is such a fluid game. You know, anything under du- single digits, anything under double figure single digits, anyone can come back from. But you still have to feel comfortable. You're up 36, 28 and a half. Sure, uh, you were comfortable too. And, you know, it's some good half time entertainment as usual. Yes. It, 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 it's been a, I don't know, this has been a fun team to watch all around. And those that are missing the games are, I think, are missing something special. Well, we had a lot of people out there. There's also, there's, I know there's a lot of people for various reasons, game main games with families, but there's a whole lot of people watching ESPN Plus because I talked to them around town. So they're not at always at every game, but they make one here and there, but they're pretty much watching every game that's going on, which is a little different. It wasn't the old days, you know, where um, if you didn't get to the game, you had to listen to Jay. Well, uh, so we start the second half and here's where the game was won. I think we start out, we get out to a, a 7-0 run. So that eight-point lead is suddenly 14. 
uh, got a couple baskets inside and it was great to see Jalen hit one. He's been in a slump and hit one in a long time. As I mentioned earlier, he was doing a good job on defense. He knocks one in, we're out down four and we're up 14. So at that point, I said, Oh, Marsh is gonna really have to play well to come back here. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm sure you were too. Yes. Yeah. It, Just as in the first half, they're they're big, so men necessarily uh Blocking shots, but they're impacting shots. I noticed that over there. We may miss the shot, but Ben, we kept uh, getting putbacks in the beginning of the second half. Those rebounds, and Joe got a three, and with about 10 minutes to go, we're up 18. But I know the herd was going to fight back. I knew they'd make a run. I'm sure you did too. Every team does that, and Coach Rogue talked about it in, in, in baseball, is make your push relevant and because every team is going to make that push but they're not going to be able to sustain it usually. So you got to try to keep the game close. Which is why last win was the week's win against Georgia Southern after we were down 19. It's so impressive looking back at it. So they do make a run and they uh, start pressing us and think people are saying, well, we've handled the press all right all year. Why do we struggle so much this year? Well, these guys are really long arms. They're long and they're athletic and it, they make it difficult to get out of the traps. You really have to get the pass out quickly. But give them a little credit. Kinsey also starts to score. You know, he's a really good player. He's one of the best players I've seen in the league come to the Cajun Dome because he can he hit some tough mid-ranges. I think he, he finished with, what, 28, something like that. And they got the lead to cut to seven. And you, know, you say, okay, here's where it's crunch time. They're going to be able to maintain it. And, of course, how many times have we said Greg stu- uh, snuffs out a run, gets an and one when we do break, break their press, and then the next time down he gets a highlight dunk. So five quick points from him. Dima scores. After he steals the ball, the crowd's going crazy. And um, their big does fall out of the, with, what, four or five minutes to go? Yep. Yeah, you know, but they, they've got another guy, uh, and I'm going to butcher his name, Obini Anachili Killian, that really he's he's a shot blocker, and he's the one who hurt us when we played up in Marshall last year. He, he, he had a really great game blocking shots and scoring, and the Cajuns were pretty much – Held him to one block shot, although he was able to alter some Cajun shots, but we held him to nine points this time. So good job by the Cajuns. Yeah. Well, I think we have a little better balance on the team. You know, Greg actually is healthy now. He wasn't necessarily healthy at the beginning of last year. He was also playing point guard. Yeah. At that time, the Cajuns didn't have their point guard situation settled, which is so key. And uh, they also didn't have a column with a Jordan offensive like we do with now with Lewis. So 10-point win, 77-67. Everybody walking out of that arena feeling good. Hey, let's do this again. It, it's uh, the, the the numbers here, when you look at them, not individual numbers, but team numbers, you know, we had 22 points off of fast breaks. They only had six. We had 15 second-chance points. They only had seven. We had 20 points off of turnovers. They only had 18. We had 48 points in the paint, which I think is huge for a team as big as they are, and they only had 30 in the paint. So I think both defensively and offensively, we we control the play in the paint to a point where we, we were able to shut them down uh, pretty much. So I, I really enjoyed watching that side of it. Well, all those stats you mentioned are indicative of one thing, hustle and effort. I don't know anybody who hit the court could have given more physical effort than they did that night. Sometimes when you get physical effort too, and you sort of out of control, but that didn't happen. They gave physical effort and still played within the team concept. 
especially, you know, the, the ones on the rebounds, you know, and you mentioned that, you know, our points off turnovers were about the same, even though we had 17 turnovers, we did a good job of getting back to when we did turn the ball over or it was not a live ball turnover, whereas their turnovers were live balls. We were able to get layups out of it. So, you know, again, the atmosphere is great. Credit the crowd for providing energy to the squad. You know, you talked about the rebounds. Jordan and T. Lou out-rebounded their whole team, just those two guys. Wow, I didn't even recognize that. Yeah. And uh, Jordan had 26 and 20. How can you not recognize that? And Yeah. Uh, he struggled at the line, but it wasn't as bad as Thursday night. And he also made them late in the game, you know, when they, we mentioned they had their, they cut the lead to seven. And uh, we were starting to separate back out the other way. He makes them two. He made his first two, and he made his last two. So uh, we'll need him to do better than that going forward. And Taylor, their, one of their top three-point shooters, goes only three for 15. Um, you know, strange between Jalen and Contrell didn't score. I think it's first time this year. He didn't take many shots because I guess we've tried to dominate the, the game inside. Yeah, I'm just I'm 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 glad you I didn't notice that either. That's uh that is strange for him. Yeah. And we're gonna sound like a broken record, but Joe had another good game. You know, two games, he only missed one shot, three for three on Thursday, three for four on Saturday. And his two threes were huge in Saturday's game. And and I think threes, but they really sparked the crowd. And the numbers, although they look small, the two two assists and one steal, I think you got to start respecting the man at those points because, you know, he, he's not going to, you know, he, with only 20 minutes of playing time there, uh, especially on the steal side of it, it, it gets in the other team's head when a, when a guy steals it. And, I, and there's no telling how many balls he deflected because we had 11 steals on, on the night. I think we had more steals than they do in there. I think they lead the league in steals. Uh, now, I did notice that Greg, Jordan, and Timus all played a lot of minutes. And that goes back to Thursday's game, you know, where uh, Coach did a good job of resting them, you know. So he was maybe had two games in mind when he went into uh, his rotation on Thursday. So Also, how often do you win a game by double figures when you have fewer threes, fewer threes and a lower percentage than your opponent? on the three-point line. You know, I harp on three-point shots such as being a big bass part of uh, the game today. But when you go in by double figures and you lose both those statistics, that indicates you did a lot of other things well and really indicates the effort. Again, the physical effort still uh, coupled with, you know, playing smart, good thing happened. You know, I I would have never looked at that, but thank you because that's a great point. I'm just wondering if we did anything defensively because in the past we talked about, uh, you know, ULM and uh, Texas State, uh, Troy even, South Alabama, running those guys off the three-point line. I wonder if it was the bigger uh, bigger players we we concentrated more and not letting them get the ball down low. Could be, yeah. I'll, I just think, too, that Timas has improved tremendously on defense. I talk about beating people to their spot. That means when you anticipate, we did a lot of film work where you know where a guy's dribbling the ball, you know where he's trying to get. And if you beat him to a spot, you get there on defense before he gets there with the dribble, you can force turnovers or, or, you know, or cause a shot clock violation or something like that. Yes. That's a big factor. So we could talk about this forever, but I think the town's yeah. still buzzing about that, and we're uh, all anticipating Thursday night. Absolutely. Mike, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about Thursday night's game on the road against Southern Miss. Agreed. 
You're listening to We're Talking with Craig Malonson and Mike Abear. We are talking Raging Cajun basketball. Welcome back into We're Talking. We're talking Raging Cajun basketball with Mike Abear. Mike, I think uh, even though Saturday's game was important, exciting, I think uh, maybe not looking ahead, but a lot of Cajuns fans were anticipating this matchup against Southern Miss. The two teams have played already once, but they're they're both tied at ten and two at the top of the league. Cajuns are, are twenty and four overall. Southern Miss twenty one and four. Uh, what else can we say about the, this this matchup? Well, atmosphere. The Eagles claim a lot of people there, a lot of their fans are on social media pumping the game that they will easily exceed the atmosphere we had at the Dome on Saturday night. They haven't had a winner in a few years, so they're really bought into their team. I think they're enjoying being in the Sun Belt Conference. They, some people said they could have a sellout. I think they're in a sale 7,000. They think that our student attendance is weak compared to what they're going to have. Of course, you know, Asbury's a lot smaller area than Katyana, so sure they're buying into their team, and that's their entertainment for the area. So that's something the Cajuns are going to have to contend with, and we can talk about that in a minute. But, you know, as far as their actual players to watch, they have a guard named Crowley. He didn't have a really good game in their um, most recent win against Georgia State, which they were behind and came from behind to win. Uh, but he's their best guard. In the first game, uh, Ford from Chile named Hasse. He's a transfer. Forget from where. Maybe Mercer. Uh, we actually had a strange defense. Greg Williams Jr., who was 6'3", 6'4", was guarding this 6'9 guy, and he handled him pretty well. Uh, so we'll see if they do that again. They may try to get him uh, maybe closer to the basket if we try to guard him with Greg. Of course, we have Kobe now. Kobe, that was only our third game of the uh, conference season in the first time we played him. So you might see Kobe go after him. The, what I think of their best player is their forward named Pickney. He's been there four years. Uh, he had a double-double in their most recent win against Georgia State. Hit some big shots late in the game here uh, to keep it rather close. But we, we um, going back to that game, you know, we won 75-61, went wide to wire. We were 0-2 in the league. We had to win in that night. And maybe we were a little more uh, juiced than they were. So let me say this to the Cajun fans. We talked about the atmosphere. If you compare it to what happened in Lafayette on Saturday, it could be similar, you know, but one thing can change. We may get hit in the mount early from their, from their crowd, you know, juicing their team. Don't panic. You know, it's hard to maintain that kind of intensity emotion for 40 minutes. You know, if we get down seven or eight in the first few minutes, Coach Marlin always says, go to the next play. So if you're at the game, listen to radio, watching, whatever, continue sending good vibes to the team when things – may not start out that great, you know, in, so you want to be within striking this at halftime. They may open up a little lead, begin the second half, but just keep playing all the way to the end. Sometimes what you say when you're one of these tough road games, you just want to steal it at the end. So let's stay with them all the way. When things get a little um, dicey, don't give up on them. I guarantee you they're going to keep fighting hard to the final whistle. It's something that we can uh, look forward to, uh, not only in basketball, like you commented on, I think, we saw what happened to the Cajuns in football going over there last year, although they weren't in the conference yet, uh, they, we knew they were coming into the conference. 
in Southern Miss uh, visited us. The last couple of years, the baseball team, the two baseball teams have had uh, a, a couple of great series. So, and I think this is going to be a great rivalry in, in basketball as well. Yeah. And like I said, uh, we mentioned earlier before we got started, I wish this game were on a Saturday. I might have been able to make it on Saturday. The conference needs to actually put these games between Southern Miss and the Cajuns and ULM and the Cajuns on Saturdays and some of the other team league teams as well. Um, anyway, but we'll find out what happens on Thursday night, 7.30 game again. Remember that. I wish it were on regular ESPN, but it hasn't been moved up. hasn't been flexed. As far as I know, it's still ESPN Plus, correct? Correct. But, you know, we are playing two games this week. Win or lose on Thursday night, you know, season one in. I'm curious how we, the team responds to whatever happens on Thursday, on Saturday. You know, let's say we ended up pulling it out. That would be a tremendous win. Would there be a letdown on Saturday? Uh, on the other hand, does the momentum continue? Yeah. You know, if we get a disappointing loss, do we respond on Saturday and say, hey, we got to take care of business, stay in this league? Or what? Remember the first uh, weekend of the season, we had a disappointing loss to Coastal Carolina? And we had a terrible start the following week, following game. We let that linger. So I'm really interested in what's going to happen on Thursday, regardless of what on Saturday, rather, regardless of what happens on Thursday. I think, and I hate to keep using baseball and Coach Robe, but Coach Robe talked about not letting a team beat you twice. So if 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 Southern Miss should pull this out and win, the Cajuns got to uh, have to raise their head up and move forward. They can't do like they did at the beginning of the season. You can't let the team beat you twice. And I think that's what might have happened earlier in the year. But at the same time, we can, uh, even if we win, we could be drained so much emotional drain there that you might see a letdown. But I don't expect that, honestly, out of this team. I think because of the depth in, in, in this squad, you won't see a letdown no matter which way that game goes because we do have enough play, players that if someone is not doing well, Coach Marlin will sub someone else in. Yeah, no doubt. Again, you have to be mentally tough when you play uh, in an atmosphere like that. You know, I know we played at Texas and we played at um, Drake, you know, some great basketball schools. But it's going to be a little different when it's conference play, when there's a lot on the line like this. So you have to be mentally tough. When you make a mistake, don't let it affect the next play. You know, they get a dunk and the crowd goes crazy. Okay, come back and answer. Get a good shot. Don't rush it. That type of thing. When we play on Saturday, we'll be playing the Troy Trojans at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, we won the game against them fairly handily here. Uh, I think it was 75-62 a couple weeks ago. In the game, Jordan didn't play. We'll have, we should have Jordan this week. Uh, but, you know, the whole secret of that team is keep running them off the three-point line. I think that we, we held them to two for 12 or something like that in the first game. Uh, Muhammad's their best guard. He, he likes to shoot the three a lot. And their best player inside is Zay Williams. We handled both of them fairly well in Lafayette. So – you know, like you said, you can't let what happens on Thursday affect you on Saturday. You'll still need to prepare. We'll drive over, I'm sure, from Hattiesburg to Troy on Friday and get ready. But um, I'll say that to the fans as well, you know. But regardless of what happens Saturday, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. Let's not give up or if things don't go our way on Thursday or get too excited if things do go our way on Thursday. We're still going to have five games to go. If we win on Thursday, we'll be in great shape for the league championship. But we still have a chance to go 15 and three if things go against us. And, you know, it's going to be tough for any team to, to win out. Yeah, looking ahead to Troy on Saturday, you know, they beat Texas State uh, uh, last Saturday. But before that, they had three straight losses of, of 15, 
17 and nine. So, you know, that was the Cajun, South Alabama, Southern Miss, all teams that are very close proximity to Troy, even though it is a six hour drive over there. Very teams we're very familiar with. And Mike Cross coming from UTA uh, a couple years ago is Scott very Cross. familiar with the Cajuns as well. Yeah, Scott Cross. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why they went in a little slump. Teams probably figured out the run them off the three-point line or they just got a little cold from three. I think it's a combination of a little bit of both. And I believe one of their uh, one of their best players might have missed a couple of games, if I remember correctly, as well. So. Plus, they played three of the best teams in the league. I think South Alabama has one of the most talented teams in the league, even though their record may not show it. They played some games without their big man. They've had a lot of close losses. So that's Troy. Uh, I think we're done here, Craig. Anything else to say? No, uh, I'm just going to ask you, uh, as we always do, any last words of wisdom for the fans or anybody who's listening? And your thoughts on uh, just closing remarks on what we did and what we're about to do. It's hard to win 10 in a row. You know, you know, Kevin Foote likes to say, you're eventually going to lose when you keep winning them. And, you know, he's just basically going by statistics and that's correct. But you can't, you don't do that in a moment. You just live. Okay. Forget what happened in the past. Forget what's going to live. You're making it. You got to make this free throw. You make 15 in a row. I don't think about that thing. I just need to make the next one. So that's not out in the fans. Let's just focus on the um, next game at hand. And enjoy the present. And regardless of what happens on Thursday, stay with the team. Well, we're about to uh, have three of our six games on the road. So 50-50 to finish the season out here. Um, so we got some exciting basketball left. All the games are on ESPN+. Plus. You can catch uh, Jay on 96.5 if you're a radio guy like I am. And, and sync it up. So fun times ahead, Mike. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, the last week of the se- last week of the season, the games are Wednesday, Friday, uh, at home against uh, Arkansas State and South Alabama. Uh, my understanding is ESPN is going to televise a game that Friday night. That's why a lot of the league is playing on Friday, and could be us. So we'll have to wait and see on that. And uh, looking ahead to the conference tournament, somebody asked me to explain how that's going to work this year, and I'll conclude with that. Okay, it's important to finish first through four because you get a first round bye, and of course, if you're first, you can don't have to face the two second and third best place teams until the finals. If you get that far, but the way it's going to work on Tuesday, February 28th, seeds 11 through 14 will play. Those two winners will join seeds five through 10 on uh, Thursday. I think that'll be March the second in uh, the second round. Those four winners advance to the quarterfinals on Saturday, March the fourth. And with the semifinals on Sunday, March the fifth and the finals on Monday, March the sixth. And uh, just so everyone knows that's listening, uh, Southern Miss, the Cajuns, Marshall, and James Madison are the top four seeds right now. And the Cajuns uh, have just played Marshall, head to Southern Miss on Thursday, and James Madison the following week. So some basketball left to be played. No doubt. All right. Enjoyed it as usual, Craig. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it as always. Enjoyed it as well. You've been listening to We're Talking. We've been talking basketball, Raging Cajun basketball with longtime Cajun fan, Mike Bear. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, 
or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.